I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins. And you're listening to Biz Talks, a weekly conversation with local business leaders about topics affecting New Orleans and Southeast Louisiana. All right, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Biz Talks. I'm Kim Singletary, editor of Biz New Orleans Magazine. And this week we're checking in with the Convention Center. Um, with the general manager and president, Michael Sawaya, who's been a friend of Biz since he came in. Uh, he started his job in 2018, coming over from San Antonio, Texas, and has a big job ahead of him. As everybody knows, the convention center is, is super busy right now um, with a whole bunch of improvements. And we've heard about the, the Civil Rights Museum opening up in October. So just lots going on. And talking to me from his office, is Michael with his segue behind him. <laughs> Welcome, Michael. Hi, <laughs> Kimberly. Thank you. Uh, and I appreciate the opportunity to be here today and looking forward to giving you an update on everything going on that is convention related. Yeah, so that's a lot. So we're coming off of the pandemic, thankfully, and you guys have been really, really busy. So we know there's a lot of improvements going on with the convention center to make us um, competitive with other convention centers around the country. How is that all going? You know, it's actually going very well. You know, even during the pandemic, you know, we didn't sit idly by. We uh, had a lot of projects that we were planning for, but uh, the anticipation was that we're gonna take several years to pull off to work around the event load. So not having events during that period of time gave us an opportunity to really expedite a lot of our capital improvement plans. You know, the building was open in uh, 1985 and uh, and uh, designed in 1984, and and then emulated that design, you know, in '91 and '99. So uh, it's great that, that we have a wonderful nine. building, a large okay. building. Oh yeah, and it all looks like 1984. <laughs> Woohoo! It's the time for a refresh. Good That's right. <laughs> but uh, so our plan is to really modernize the facility to give it that refresh that is reflective more of more modern facilities around the country that we compete with in major cities. And uh, we're well underway with that and uh, and got a lot of things done, not only over the pandemic, but even in the last 18 months, a lot of things have been done here. So so what all has been done? I think we talked about the roof last time I talked to you. That was a huge, or is maybe a huge, huge project. But but yeah, tell me some of the stuff that that's already been done. Well, of course, you know, the big project that we started with in 2019 was Convention Center Boulevard and really building the seven and a half acre linear park. And it's just been an absolute home run. Not only is it a safer environment, but I think even the residents that, that live here come over for LunaFet, where they could see LunaFet, an arts festival in our linear park. And the many events that we've had outside on a day like uh, we had uh, this this past week when we had events and everybody's out in the park, they're enjoying food trucks and really, really enjoying a, a much more inviting experience than what we had before. All the restrooms have been redone throughout the building, 35 sets, uh, all of the lighting in the exhibit hall, a lot of sustainability related projects that have been completed, about $150 million worth of work between all of those things done. But uh, the good news is that uh, we achieved uh, what we call LEED Gold, Leader in Energy and uh, Environmental Design Gold designation with the largest building in the world currently oh, cool. under that designation. And uh, something we're really proud of and something that our customers have really, has really resonated with our customers. So a lot of that's been done. The roof project 
is one of those things that added to sustainability as well. Currently under construction, we're actually getting the Superdome roof. And everyone sees that. They see that hard shell roof on the Superdome that was put on post-Katrina. Well, we're getting that same roof coating and uh, it's underway. We're about 70% done with that roof. And uh, um, that'll be done by March of next year. It's a 40 acre roof. 40 acres? 40 acres or 1.9 million square foot of roof. Whoa. Yep. And uh, we're not only are, are we doing that, but we're looking at and and uh, planning for a uh, a um, um, solar uh, installation on that roof as well, working on the final details of that. But uh, it's been one of those that uh, has been expedited over time when we, know we don't have uh, uh, events that we have to work around. And since we're not doing new construction on that roof, we don't have noise issues to work around. So big project for us, not a real sexy project, but one that uh, before you do interior improvements, you got to have that roof secure. Well, so I know we're working on the whole with through the Louisiana grant, getting a fortified roof. Is this a fortified roof? Is this? It, it, it is a fortified roof in sections that, that had deteriorated, but mostly it's a hard shell cover that uh, that will prevent us from having any leaks. So, uh, you know, it, it's a heat resistant roof, if you will. Uh, in fact, uh, during the summer, there was a day when uh, we took the temp up there on many days. We, we can only work on four hour shifts because the uh, it was 160 degrees on that roof. You can imagine we wouldn't put any one of those conditions to work on the roof. So we've actually used robots to do a lot of the installation of this uh, this hard shell uh, coating that we're using. Wow. Sounds like it might be on the moon or something. That's right. <laughs> cool um, stuff. So, so what, are, what are some of the kind of post-pandemic or are the events, the conventions all coming back in? Sure, they are, uh, you know, big events that are coming. During the summer, before I leave the Capitol piece of it, we took a third of the building offline, 60 meeting rooms that we renovated between June and October. And we opened those rooms up last week. So oh. we have new rooms to show. So uh, in time for us to host an event uh, that we had uh, this week, the American Society of Mechanical Engineers were the first ones to use those new rooms. There's 3,000 that we're here for that event. Uh, we've got an event that's coming up that is a large event uh, in the next week or so, uh, the Diving Equipment and Marketing Association. They'll have 10,000 attendees for that conference. And then of course, we'll do the workboat show that we do every year. That's 14,000. Uh, uh, the uh, Neural Information Processing Systems Foundation, 18,000 for that. And we'll roll right into the uh, New Orleans um, uh, Christmas Fest. That is our 10th year for hosting Christmas Fest here at the Convention Center. How awesome. So what are some of the biggest conventions that, I mean, you're talking about 18,000 people. What are some of the biggest conventions we've had or, or would have, is that, is that one of the, is that, would that be considered like a, just a, one of our top 18,000 people or is there more than that? You know, there, there are the, some that are more, but I would, I would say that our sweet spot is if we can get, you know, anywhere from uh, five to 10,000 attendees for one conference while another one of four or 5,000 is moving in, yeah. you know, wrapping up, you want, you don't want them held at one time. One big convention isn't our sweet spot. We want several large size at one time. 
And uh, that way you're not using up all the hotel rooms and starting over. So you want one moving out while the other one's moving in and then all in mixed in there, you've got tourism happening throughout. So uh, it's good to have three to 5,000 in any given event and just several of them. The great thing is when we have three of those, because we can accommodate that as well. What, what can we accommodate? Well, I mean, if you think about, we have 1.1 million square feet of exhibit space. So on any given time, I would say the max number of folks in the building, like what we do for Essence, you know, uh, we do 50,000 people on a given day for Essence that come through and, uh, and for several days. So we end up with 100,000 plus attendees in the building. So uh, it's suffice it to say that, that the building can, uh, can accommodate 100,000 folks. It's not all in one, one day. So, uh, uh, but, but that's, that's not generally what happens because there is a capacity in hotel rooms, right? We have about 28,000 hotel rooms. You can only put so many people in those hotel rooms, right? So, uh, you know, you have to believe that about a quarter of the rooms uh, in the market that are consumed in a year are related to events at the convention center. How far out are these people booking? Well, we have events that are uh, on the books for 2038. Oh my but, God. Uh, it's not unusual for us to have a booking that is 10 years out. Uh, because for large conventions, they have to be on a rotation that can only go to certain destinations because of the size of the exhibit space. They have to book those that far out in order to, to get the, the, the destinations that they want. So 10 years, not unusual, but 2038 is the one I've heard about that is the furthest out. Wow. Um, okay, so tell us about, just in October, the Civil Rights Museum opened up. Tell us sure. about, a little bit about how that happened and how that's uh, how that's been going. You know, I've been in town since 2018. And since I hit town, uh, there's been a lot of discussion about the desire and the need and the want to, to get the civil rights struggle story out, the Louisiana version of a civil rights story. And uh, I know there's been an advisory board that's been in place for quite some time. You know, the state museum is under the, uh, the Department of uh, culture and tourism that's under the lieutenant governor's pur uh, purview. And uh, so the lieutenant governor and I have had discussions about this for years and with the advisory board and our board had a, had a strong interest in that as well. So we, uh, several years ago, a couple of years ago, during the, right after the pandemic, we were hosting Essence and we had the opportunity to host the, uh, the, uh, an exhibit of the Martin Luther King uh, hearse that, uh, that was used during his funeral. And we had this idea that that was done in a section of our lobby, an underutilized section of our lobby that's kind of sequestered. And our thought was, why not offer that to the Department of uh, Culture and Tourism to do an exhibit to get that story started? Our board thought that was a great idea. Uh, the Lieutenant Governor's office uh, thought that was a great idea. And lo and behold, the Lieutenant Governor went to the legislature and got money to fund that, a couple of million dollars. And uh, the design work was done by the Solomon Group with a lot of input from uh, McKinley and company on the, on, the, on the actual story and the input. And um, lo and behold, we opened that museum on October the 8th. We had 500 people for the grand opening day, ribbon cutting. And then we had a community open house the next day. And uh, about a couple of thousand people have already gone through that museum from October 8th through the end of October. So we're really excited about that. It's the only one like it anywhere in the country in a convention center. So what kind of things could people find there? 
Well, I mean, it's cer- it's certainly the the story of the it's part of the civil rights trail that uh, that the lieutenant governor uh, put markers on uh, throughout um, the state of Louisiana. So uh, when you go through, it is a uh, it's an it's an exhibition, and it's five thousand square feet. It's what I would call an immersive experience. It tells the stories of local and regional civil rights icons. Uh, visitors follow uh, civil rights pathways uh, that are feature uh, interactive exhibits that reveal how activism and demonstrations led to the civil rights movement and triumphs in Louisiana. It focuses on things like voting rights and rights to education and uh, things of that nature that were part of the movements that happened in Louisiana. One special feature that Lieutenant Governor found in his uh, travels to New Zealand was he brought back the idea of a, of a dream cube. So uh, visitors can step inside the dream cube and use artificial intelligence to ask historical figures questions about their time during the civil rights movement. So you're in the cube and you're approaching like a guard who was escorting the kids into an elementary school. And you can ask them about their experience in that. And there's a response that comes from that. It's really cool stuff. Wow. Well, so, so a good thing to know about as people are uh, hosting family members that are coming in, um, teachers, that sounds like a, a great field trip. I've got Absolutely. Nate here. I have to let them, <laughs> let them know about it. Uh-huh. Absolutely. School groups have come through. Uh, you know, the, 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 the fee is nominal. It takes about one hour to go through that exhibit. And it is truly a very moving and emotional experience. Awesome. Um, so let's get into what else is going on around you guys, because this is what you're transforming, not only the convention center, but like you said, the, you know, the whole area in front of the convention center, but there's even more going on. We've certainly advanced further than we ever have before, you know, ever since I've been in town. One of the things that I was hired to do was to to deliver on this vision of a mixed use development and and a headquarter hotel. And so we've worked very hard on those projects for five years. The good news is we selected a master developer a couple of years ago and made some announcements and got they're they're all in all of the agreements that need to happen all of the traffic studies and traffic plans and environmental studies that need to happen all leading toward a groundbreaking at at the end of november so uh you know top golf is an anchor for that development uh the the shell building that you that was announced last month as well will be the first uh new build office building built in new orleans since 1989 and a wonderful anchor that will attract other businesses and residents as well. Uh, they've made a commitment to 450 uh, affordable and workforce housing units in, in, that are within the overall vision of, the, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of, of housing throughout the development as well. So really exciting things for, that, are, that are being planned. And uh, there's actually equipment out there right now taking, uh, running some samples of uh, of pilings and borings, you know, to test the soil. So uh, things are really moving at a, at a brisk pace now. So what's the timeline look like for a project like this? Well, uh, the, the plan I can tell you for Top Golf is to be open by the end of next year. Oh, okay. And they're on one side of Chapatulas. 
the plan for the shell building uh, will take a little bit longer than that. I think uh, uh, at least another year afterwards. So, but the construction activity will be uh, intense. We've got to put on the uh, main part of the development, we have to actually put in streets, drainage, infrastructure, because there, there have never been those in that, in that raw property itself. So all that has to take place before we can start building buildings. And then what about the hotel? You talked about, yeah, the challenge of, of hotel space in the area when you're getting these huge conventions. Sure. Um, I know that was something that was created to, to address some of that. Yeah, when we look at our competitive set, one of the things that we don't have that all of our competitors have is a uh, hotel that is uh, designated as the headquarter, but it's actually adjacent to or attached to, to the uh, convention center. It's a project that we're working on. We had, uh, we had one done uh, before the pandemic, and uh, uh, when the pandemic hit, the, uh, the investor decided that uh, it wasn't the right environment to be uh, taking that type of risk on, so they moved on. But uh, we're in conversations with a hotel developer about uh, bringing a new project online. So I hope to be able in the next several weeks, not months, to be able to make an announcement on a, a hotel project to be moving forward. Awesome. That is exciting. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> so has, we have so much talk when we're looking at, I was, I'm putting together right now the top stories of the year. And um. I, I when we we've reached out to some of our readers and listeners and a lot of them is uh crime is definitely high on that do you guys hear or see is there any effects with convention center bookings and stuff do you hear anything about crime or is that a deterrent in any way that you well heard? what what we would tell people and we're absolutely honest about this is crime everywhere crime yeah. in every city crime is up everywhere there's not a city major city in our comp set who isn't having similar issues. But I think that uh, what, what we always say and what is absolutely true is that we're addressing our issues. Our numbers are actually moving in the right direction, as you know. And, uh, you know, the majority of the crime stats that uh, have been quoted have been in areas that are not what we would call a tourist zone. When we have a convention in our city, for example, you know, we have, uh, we have security inside the building. We have, it, we have security in the crosswalks to get people across into our building. We have them in the park. We have a bike patrol. We have them in the in the uh, the state police uh, in the median and the in the linear park. So we present a very secure environment for those that we welcome them into. From an overall tourist and city perspective, as you know, things are moving in the right direction. And the majority of issues that have happened have fortunately not been in the traditional tourist zones, and that's where the city has put most of its resources. You know, uh, so the crime stats are typically not in those areas, and we're able to quote those stats to our clients and give them more peace of mind. Awesome. Well, I guess I'll, I'll just end with, you know, is there any any parting words for our, our readers and our listeners of things that you'd like them to know about about the convention center and about what's going on? And we're looking at now we're ending the year, and so we're looking at 2024 already. So it's really amazing. Thoughts? <laughs> well, you know, we finished 2022 at uh, at 20 at 95% or 99% actually of our 2019 numbers, which 2019 has become the benchmark in the yeah. pre pre pandemic uh, time. And uh, 2023, uh, not quite as busy, but we had to have some time to redo the meeting rooms here at the center, you know, and 
the exciting thing about us is that we are transforming our convention center to be more competitive into the future. We'd love to have the opportunity to have people come over and see the changes. By the end of a year, we will not only have transformed those meeting rooms on one end of the building, but also the public areas as well. A dramatic difference. And so we're hoping that when people come over during Christmas Fest, they'll get a glimpse of that. It'll take us a little while to catch up in the rest of the building, but those projects are moving forward and our future is bright. I mean, we're, we're able to see that uh, we're taking and repurposing one of the most iconic convention centers in the country and one of the best destinations in the country. And that everyone in New Orleans should be very proud of that uh, we're taking that approach to, uh, to uh, uh, reinvest in, uh, in our facilities and repurpose them to the benefit of this entire community. No more 1980s. No more. <laughs> George, George Orwell may have loved 1984, but we're moving on. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Well, Michael, it's a pleasure as always. I think the last time I saw you was at Miss Universe. That's right. That's now, right. That, a really funny place to run into you, but um, <laughs> but I appreciate your time as always, and um, keep us posted on everything that's going on. I will, Kimberly. Thank you for the opportunity to talk with you today. Thanks so much. And thanks everybody for listening. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Biz Talks is brought to you by Biz New Orleans Magazine. Follow us on social media at Biz New Orleans and visit bizneworleans.com for daily news and stories.